Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Hey everybody and welcome to Inside Southwest Florida Football State Semifinals Edition. We got one team left, and no surprise, that's Naples. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I'm joined as always by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. Adam, how does it feel to be towards the end of the season? Uh, it's pretty exciting, and you know, you and I joke about you know getting a Friday night off and, and wanting our, our local teams to lose. It'd be great if we had no teams make the playoffs. We'd be done uh, at the beginning of November. But that's just us messing around. Like as I'm getting more and more into the stories I'm writing this week, I was talking to the Naples athletic director about the the crazy ticket sales down there for this game because Naples gets to host which is a big deal. Um, I'm getting excited, man. Friday night's going to be crazy out there at Staver. This past Friday was awesome at Naples. Um, really exciting game. Uh, so this is the, the funnest time of the year, I think. Plus, you know, you got Christmas decorations out. We're all getting ready for the holidays, listening to Christmas music. So it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm happy that I have a Friday off. Yeah, that'll be nice. I mean, I'll be following the score of the, the Miami Northwestern Naples game. But, yeah, I will not be there. But I was at last week's regional final game against North Fort Myers, where Naples comes away with a 23-0 win. I think it was a pretty dominant 23-0 win. They really stopped that powerful North Fort Myers offense in its tracks. North wasn't able to run the ball. They weren't able to pass the ball. This Sam Dollar defense is legit. And we we wondered how they would deal with uh, Jesse Charles and and a pretty uh, high-flying passing attack at times. You know, North has run the ball very well in the postseason, but during the um, season they passed it very well, and we've said that's the weakness for this Naples High School defense. Uh, But but they got to Jesse Charles. They got pressure on him. They took him down. They hit him. They hit him hard, and they they really just stopped all assets. I think a lot of teams this year didn't see Jesse Charles coming. He didn't play last year. But Naples obviously had plenty of film on him. They knew that he was a two-way threat. They know he can pull it down. They know he can throw it deep. And they did a really good job of keeping him in the pocket, really. I mean, mm-hmm. He didn't really break too many huge runs. I mean, he would get you know three, four yards here and there, and they weren't able to pass the ball at all. So he, he was... To render a guy like that ineffective, that's pretty impressive. And Clayton Savinsky, a guy, what does he have, 1,200 receiving yards, zero catches? Like that, That's amazing. I'm not sure the corner, St. Jean, what's his first name? DeAndre. DeAndre. He did a great job on Savinsky. He marked him up. He had no help either. Uh, they, they had no help, safety help over the top. He went one-on-one with Clayton the whole game, and that was pretty impressive performance by him. Yeah, he is obviously their best uh, defensive back. They have some other weaker spots. I shouldn't say weaker, but just inexperience. You know, that's the key to this Naples defense is their experience, uh, but they start a sophomore and a freshman in the defensive backfield. However, DeAndre St. Jean, a three-year guy and, and obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the area. N- Naples, the defense was just a, really intimidating, and they may have taken it to a another level this week and obviously there was some controversy about a couple of tackles made you want to get into that well um our cohort seth safian uh, more years than mine he's here at the fort myers news press wrote a story or more a column i should say about some perceived i guess dirty tactics by the naples high school defense and this was all sparked because there was outrage online from the north fort myers fans you know there were some words on twitter some facebook videos posted about uh, you know naples kids maybe holding on to ankles longer than they should have listen it was a highly competitive game a hard-hitting game and naples did get uh, how many personal fouls i think maybe five the officials flagged them quite a number of times for 
you know, playing through the whistle and for some taunting and stuff like that. So it's not like they were just playing with no rules or anything like that. The officials were aware of this. They made their calls. And, I mean, I would say in watching the film, you know, there was maybe one really questionable tackle where I think the player kind of rolled through one more time than he should have. And that happens in all the time. I'm not excusing it. I think it probably should be addressed by the coaching staff. But in games, I've seen so many dirty plays, you know, playing through the whistle over the course of a 12-year career on the football field. And trust me, I've seen more football games than probably most of you people listening, maybe not as many as Adam Fisher has seen. And this happens all the time. It's not – let's not get crazy with it. Well, and here's the thing is uh, Coach Dwayne Mack even said after the game, we asked him about Naples' defense. He said they're just physical, the physicality of them, and that's something you hear. They're a hard-hitting defense. They pride themselves on that, and sometimes there's a fine line between, you know, physicality, just a clean, hard hit, and, you know, doing some extra things. And I will say that what I've seen a lot from Naples this year, they do draw a lot of flags for unsportsmanlikes. Um, We've seen a, a fair amount of taunting, and Coach Bill Kramer has even addressed it with me. He said it's stupid. Our guys are just talking to the other guys. They like to run their, their, their chirp. They like to chirp at the other teams. Um, I think these guys have a chip on their shoulder, and they're not scared to talk to their opponent, and you just can't do that, Kramer says, because anytime you do that, no matter what you're saying, you're going to get a flag. Exactly. I think labeling Naples a dirty team just because there's a little bit of video out there of them playing through the whistle is unfair because the previous week with North Fort Myers, there were a couple of plays, too, that were against Charlotte that are questionable as well. This happens all the time. I don't think it's a big deal. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I will say, however, I mean, you got a team coming in from Miami, Northwestern. I don't know the kids from Northwestern, but we all know the uh, the guys from Miami area are very loud, and they like to chirp as well, so they're going to have to keep a lid on it for sure oh, yeah, on Friday. Ab- absolutely, and I think the officials will be waiting for that. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break down the big game, Miami-Northwestern at Naples. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back, everyone, and it's preview time. One game in town, only a couple games left uh, in the state, throughout the state. It's Miami Northwestern at Naples. Let's start there. Last week, there was only one possible way that we would get to stay home this week. If North Fort Myers won, they were for sure going on the road. If Naples won, they were going to play at Miami Central, which are, that's right, Central, who we expected to win. But Miami Northwestern upsets them, and now Northwestern's coming over here to Naples, so we get to stay in the confines of Southwest Florida. Were you surprised at that, uh, that uh, Northwestern was able to beat Central? You know, I'm never really surprised when those teams from District 6A, 16 get yep. together, the Miami Centrals, Miami New Orleans, Northwesterns, and Carroll Cities, because I think they're just, they're all about the same, you know, talent-wise. It might be just about coaching, because Miami Northwestern, they lost 28-7 to to Carroll City during the regular season, and they lost 38-10 to to, to Central. Wow. This was a revenge game, and they come back, and they win in the last minute. Isaiah Velez completes 10 of 12 passes for 88 yards on the game-winning drive, including the 12-yard TD pass to Romello Brinson with 37 seconds left. And that's how those games go, so I wasn't surprised at all. I think 
Naples was very fortunate that they didn't have to go back to Traspal Stadium. Yeah, that's not a fun place to play, and it's a long road trip, two hours away. Just touching on this real quick, I mean, Northwestern, they're the defending state champion, but, you know, things change a lot over there in Miami. So you lose kids, they go from this school to that school. In that other region that uh, Naples is matched up with, he had Miami Carroll City, who lost in the uh, second round to Miami Central, and then Miami Central. Both those teams are ranked in the top 20 in the entire country, according to Max Preps. You got a team like Northwestern, who may have gotten overlooked because they have five losses but they played a ridiculous schedule their losses three of them are the teams ranked in the top 20 in the entire nation obviously central carroll city img academy who's an independent then you got a south dame south dade team who's ranked in the um, top 20 in the state and then columbus they're also ranked in the top 20 in the state so ridiculously killer schedule playing over there is no joke but because they had those five losses they don't have as many playoff points in the fhsaa system and Naples gets to host them. I know they're excited. They think this uh, is a huge advantage playing there in Staver. And I talked to uh, Naples Athletic Director Ernie Madugno earlier today. And, man, he's really excited. Ticket sales are going off. It's going to be a great night on Friday. And I will say this about Miami Northwestern. They came into this season feeling disrespected. They were defending state champions, but everybody was talking about Carroll City. Carroll City was a top-five team in the country all season long. And kind of Northwestern was a little bit forgotten, but Northwestern goes on the road, beats Mainland, and then beats Heritage, and then wins a game against Central. And basically, Traz is the neutral field for Central and Northwestern because they both play there. That's a pretty impressive way to get to a state semifinal. They're the five-time state champions. I mean... Not five in a row, but five total. Five-time state champion. They've, They've won five in school history, and... I think five is a little bigger than two, right. the two that Naples have, have won. And this Northwestern team, I think we need to talk a little bit about last year and what happened at Traspell Stadium. Yeah, Naples went over there. They lost 42-7. to seven. You know, Coach Kramer for Naples, he started his career in Miami. He was over in the Hialeah, Hialeah American for five, six years, I believe. So he's very familiar with that area and the teams there. And he said, you know, that Northwestern team is one of the best he's ever seen from that area. I mean, it was like a college team. They were so big. Just being on the sideline there and seeing them, it was insane. I mean, they were big. They were fast. They were just a different league than Naples. That 42-7 to loss was tied for the largest playoff yeah. loss in school history. And it was the biggest loss under Kramer, right? Tied or tied for the biggest loss under I, Kramer? I guess. I didn't look that up, but that, that sounds about right. And it's funny because in 2015, they went over to Traspal and lost 42-21 to to Miami Central. And then one of the best games in, in 2012, the last time Naples was at home in a semifinal, they lost 48-33 to to Miami Central, a game we've referenced here before because it included Dalvin Cook and Joseph Yerby. Uh, where'd Yerby go? Was he at Miami or was he... Uh, I think it was Florida State, no? No, Cook was Florida was State. Florida State. Was Either Florida. way, Cook's in the NFL now, so that tells you the talent. But Naples led that game at halftime, and they were pretty close in the second half. So that goes to show you, I mean, that Miami Central team just had so much talent. Now, so did Naples. They were undefeated at the time. But just what an advantage it is playing at home. What I found interesting yesterday, I asked Coach Kramer about that, just what's it like playing at home. And he mentioned just the comfort level. But he also said there's so many little things you don't think about where if they're on the road, he has to plan travel schedules eating schedules I mean that takes time out of your day when you're trying to prepare for a game that gets you to the state finals so he has a few extra hours maybe this week to uh put into you know a defense and offense that's going to match up against Northwestern and maybe that's a difference yeah this Naples team I mean they've allowed what two touchdowns in the playoffs two touchdowns one came on a a fake field goal attempt so it was I guess technically a special teams touchdown (laughs) 
and, and we've talked all season about how this defense is special, and I think they match up well against Northwestern. Obviously, they've got athletes all over the field, Northwestern does. Mm-hmm. But I think Naples has been playing the type of defense that could win a game like this. Northwestern's averaging like 24 points per game. It's not that impressive, but they've been, like we said, they've been playing a, a tough schedule. The defenses could even out, and yeah. it could be up to Naples' offense to really show up. They rushed for 400 yards last week against yeah. North. Rushed for 400 yards, but only what, 23 points? I don't know if that's going to, I don't think you're going to score 23 playing that way against Northwestern. I think Naples' defense can slow down Northwestern. I don't think they're going to shut them out or completely stop them like they have the past three rounds. But I think it's funny to say when a team rushes for 400 yards that they maybe need to be more efficient, but that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to have to find the end zone a few more times than just the three times they did last week. Well, last year at Travis Powell, I think Naples only made it into Northwestern territory two times. Mm-hmm. They sc- they went up 7 nothing, if I'm not mistaken, and then they just got 42 unanswered drop on them. Yeah, and like I said, man, just be on the sideline. These were grown men like playing for Northwestern. They always are. Yeah, but I think maybe the talent level is not quite as high this year or else you know, they would have had a better record we said tough losses but you know if they had that elite elite talent they probably wouldn't have lost those games I think if Naples can move the chains you know consistently they'll be fine and I have to say this you know in watching Naples last week you know Ches Malusi obviously gets a lot of credits you know he's got 1700 yards 21 touchdowns but I was really impressed this is the first game I really really focused on Elon Samala mm-hmm and that kid does not want to go down, man. He was breaking tackles left and right. Both of his touchdown runs, he broke about three or four tackles. I mean, he's relentless, and he wants to get every single yard, and you're going to need that against you know a top-tier team like Northwestern. And that could be the difference. I don't think last year that uh, Naples had that very potent second attack. I mean, they had Samala back there as well, but everyone knew it was going to Malusi. Malusi had to run for 1,500 yards. This year, yeah, Samala's on a, on a different level than last year. And you mentioned his hard running. You know, he's about 5'8", and gosh, he's probably close to 200 pounds, just ripped solid muscle. And I asked Coach uh, Kramer if that helps him. He said, yeah, man, his pad level is so low, and he's low already, that when he's coming at you, all you're getting is knees and shoulder pads. So he's tough to tackle, especially when you got a bigger, taller defense, like I'm, I'm assuming Northwestern will have because they have had in the past so and the way they disguise their handoffs there with that option uh, for Naples Samala could be the difference I do have a question for you about Mm -hmm. how to attack Miami Miami Northwestern defensively you know North Fort Myers they had a lot of weapons all over the place but I'm gonna go ahead and hazard a guess that Northwestern has great athletes at all the skill positions Mm -hmm. and they're going to spread it out they're going to try to get their guys in space how do you attack that if you're sam dollar well it's funny i I spoke with coach dollar about this and you'll hear it in our coach's interview segment coming up so i don't want to step on sam's toes too much but he mentioned yak that yards after catch because they do have such speedy quick athletes and they get the ball out quick he said northwestern's offensive line has had some trouble this year with protection and because of that the quarterback has kind of had to adapt he gets that ball out quick now that's interesting because that's kind of naples best pass defense is their front guys you know getting pressure on the quarterback hitting the quarterback hitting him hard so he says you know if a guy gets a ball you can't let him get open in space or you can't let him get free you, you got to take him down and just prevent those you know 10 yard passes from turning into 50 yard passes well that's going to wrap up our preview of the northwestern naples games when we come back Adam Fisher sits down with defensive coordinator Sam Dollar. Each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida.
Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And this week we got something special for our coaches interview segment. We've talked to plenty of head coaches. This week I get to talk to an assistant coach, but this assistant coach I would wager has more experience down here than, than most head coaches. Here with uh, Sam Dollar. How are you? I'm doing good. Appreciate it. Naples High defensive coordinator. Been here all 21 seasons with Bill Kramer along with Paul Horn, the offensive coordinator. The talk of the town, man, is this defense of yours. I think you've only given up two touchdowns in the postseason, and one of them was on a fake field goal, so I don't know if that technically counts, but tell me about this defense. What's making them so good this season? The best thing they do is they work really hard in practice. You know, we go, our emphasis is on our footwork, which puts us in a position to uh, make good tackles. And, um, in their preparation. You know, I always talk about having a pre-snap thought of what's coming. How good is it? I mean, you were telling me early in the year that it's maybe historically good as far as stats and numbers. Just, I know coaches don't like to compare one team to another, but how does this defense stack up to the other 20 you've had here? Well, the one special thing that we have is we have five guys in the front seven that power clean 280 or more. And, you know, that makes a pretty special group right there. We should be good against the run. You know, I, I didn't think we'd be as good as we are per carry of giving up uh, to our opponents less than 1.5 yards per carry. That's pretty phenomenal. But I, I knew that uh, and figured that our points would be down. And it is, I think, we're the uh, third best defense in the history of the school. So. Wow, impressive. I know it's very experienced. I know you got a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are three-year starters for you. I know some two-year starters. Just how much experience do you have and how much does that help? Well, the three linebackers I've had are getting ready to play in like their 21st game together, you know, which is remarkable. Those three guys, we communicate 50 yards apart from each other. And then up front, you got Jets, who's a three-year starter. We got a D-tackle, Lubert, Denellis, a two-year starter. The other two guys are new, but, you know, on the back end with the linebacker group, that's that's a special group. That gives you a pretty good defense. Right. Tell me about the opponent coming up in the 6A semifinals. You've got Miami Northwestern, probably going to be, you know, the, your toughest opponent so far. Just what do you need to do uh, to slow them down and for the defense to keep playing as lights out as they are? One of the most important things we've talked about is the yak, the yards after catch. You know, that's not all. Last year is a little bit different team. They could beat you in one strike, you know, and catch it in the end zone. Uh, but this team, the quarterback, he throws a good ball from the uh, 0 to 15 range, and then they do special things after they catch it. He gets the ball out quick. You know, the offensive line has had trouble protection in protection sometimes, and so he's learned to get it out quick. And then uh, – the uh, receivers are, are always special over there. You know, they got some really good wideouts. And if we can just get as many guys to the ball after the catch, I, get, I think that'll give us our oh, most likely our best success. Tell me a bit about yourself for the podcast audience. You've been here 21 years, technically as an assistant coach. I know you, you three guys all kind of split the duties, but I don't think anybody, a lot of people would have stayed. But what keeps you at Naples for more than two decades? You know, I always say really there's three reasons to become a head coach. And, uh, you know, and I always said if, you know, if you're going to make way more money, then that, that might be a good reason. Uh, another reason is, um, you know, if things just aren't ran the way you want them run, you know, you just got problems with the way the program's being and the direction the program's going. Go and be your own head coach and run it the direction you want to. But Coach Kramer does a good job with us communicating and, you know, if I have an idea or, or whatever, we've just been on the same path. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I really like about it. And then the third reason to come ahead, coach, is ego. 
you know, if if you're just ego driven and you feel like you just want to be called the man, you know, go be a head coach. You know, that's just that's not me. It's not who I am. I'm I'm a worker for my guys, for my players. They put in all the time uh, that they have four years, summer weight room. You know, and I I just tell each group, you know, I'll work as hard as I can for you. You know, and I believe that all the time and effort you've given this program, I'm doing it for you. And each group is going to be a little different. Each group's going to go far or not as far, but I'm going to give each group the best I got. You know, and that's what I—that's my philosophy. All right. Well, Sam Dollar, best of luck to that defense on Friday night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Again, thanks to Coach Dollar for joining us. And as always, if you want to follow this game, you can't make it to Naples on Friday. Go to naplesnews.com slash prepzone. We'll have a live scoreboard. I'll be tweeting all night. And then, of course, we'll have video, pictures, and stories after the game. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, Go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at NewsPressSports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone. Or download our apps. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast and... This is, again, our favorite segment. We like to answer your questions. I especially like to answer questions with some historical perspective, and we do have that with this question this week. comes from Philip Perez, assistant coach at Immokalee. And brother-in-law of our friend R.J. Rosales. I know I'm not allowed to say that name on the podcast anymore because we've expended the amount of times we're allowed to no, say we haven't. that. No, we have um, But, yes, brother-in-law. Still got one more year of R.J. R. too, Rosales. so it's going right. to be <laughs> – Packed with R.J. Rosales references. But Philip wants to know, how many times has Naples High School made it deep into the playoffs playing against private schools in the early rounds versus public schools? Well, Philip, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that was my guess. Not very often. But uh, my man Adam Regan looked it up, right? Yep. 2006, in the regional semifinals, Naples beat Cardinal Gibbons 24-13. to Then in 2008, they lost to Monsignor Pace in a regional final 38-21. to all other games in the modern era were against public schools. And that was weird, 2008, because that was back when, even though Naples was basically the same size as it is now, it was 3A. Like, they had done a shakeup with the FHSAA. I think there was only six classes, maybe even five, because Immokalee and Naples were in the same class that year. Um, or the year before, 2007, Immokalee and Naples actually played in the playoffs. Um, so, usually Naples is in the bigger classification. Immokalee is in a smaller classification and plays more private schools. What happens is Immokalee's playing the big private schools, which are even tougher than these smaller private schools. And I think that's kind of what uh, our friend Philip is getting at. Oh, he was definitely leading us with these questions. Right. He knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing. He wants everybody to know that Immokalee has to go through private schools. They lost to Jesuit this year, which is a, a perennial power. And then last year, I'm, I know that uh, Coach Roddell and Anthony was talking about how much of a, an all-star team that American Heritage team was they lost to who went on to win a state championship. So, yeah, we get it that uh, that Immokalee has to play more private schools than Naples, but I would say that it's hard to win a state championship no matter what, no matter whether you're playing those public schools from Miami in that murderous district like Naples is going to have to do this year and has done, what, three out of the last four years? Yeah, um, I think I said that to you off mic that, you know, 
I think a Miami school is almost like a larger private school just because the way recruiting and, and player movement works over there. Players can flip schools pretty much as often as they want to. And I'm going to ask you more of a big picture question that relates to this question. Would you prefer that the private schools and public schools be separated into different classifications as in certain states right. like New Jersey? I haven't put a ton of thought into it. My initial reaction is no. I just think if you're the same size, you know, play each other. But I do see where that would be beneficial. The recruiting aspect. Is right, what, exactly. You know. That's what they say. Is a, a private school, their recruiting area is the entire state. And they can recruit. Technically not for athletics. Because say, hey, you're a six foot six, uh, 300-pound guy. You know, maybe you should come check out our science program, you know. You know, and hey, if you want to put on football pads, that'd be cool too. So private schools can do that. Public schools cannot. Yeah, and I think with the new rules where you can basically go to school anywhere that has a seat for you, I think that kind of evens things up a little bit. Yeah, private schools probably have better facilities. They, you know, have tons of trainers, stuff that, you know, public schools don't have. So that makes them attractive to primetime players. But, you know, really, I think if you want to call yourself a state champion, you're going to have to beat some really good teams. So you might as well beat a couple of private schools on the way to a state championship. I will say, you know, Immokalee lost to uh, Jesuit in the semifinals. Is that right? The regional semifinals? Or was it the. In what year? Right this year. Yeah, it was the regional semifinals. So that's pretty tough for regional semifinals. You know, if the question is who has the tougher region, I think it's definitely Immokalee. I mean, let's be honest. Like, Naples isn't beating, you know, Miami teams or private schools in the regionals. They don't have to do it until they get to the state semifinals. Yeah, I believe Immokalee lost to Jesuit in a regional final 2016. Maybe. I know in 2017 they lost. That was the state semifinals where they lost to American Heritage. But I, I think they lost to Jesuit in a regional semi, uh, regional final in 2016. So there you go. Maybe, maybe their region is a little bit tougher because it has more of the private schools, Tampa area schools. And I will say this about Immokalee, you know, Ronald and Anthony has that, you know, anyone, anytime, any place mantra that he says all the time. So I think the Indians, they'll live up to that eventually. And when they will win another state championship at some point, and they will have beaten anyone at any time, any place. Yep, they certainly will. So that'll do it for questions. When we come back, we're going to pick this game on Friday. Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The News Press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. Welcome back into the final segment this week and what might be our final segment of the year. If Naples loses, we probably will not have a podcast next week. It's prediction time, one game to pick. And before we get into that, I want to give Adam a little more time to think because I know this is a tough game to pick. Let's look at our records. Both Regan and I went 3-0 and last week. We are 95-32 and on the season for a 74.8 winning percentage or I guess predicting percentage. Um, that's pretty dang good, I would say. Yeah, it's pretty good, and it sounds like there must be a winner. There, there, there are be. no there are no ties in the inside Southwest Florida football no. picking contest between you and I. I guaranteed victory at the beginning of the season. If you did, you really? Those, I, I do not remember that. Was that was sixteen podcasts ago. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, let's get into it. Let's see if you can uh, get that victory. So, Miami Northwestern coming over here, loaded with talent, uh, although not maybe the most talented team from their district. 
at Naples. Naples gets to play at home in a state semifinal. Winner goes to the state championships. I'm going to let you kick it off. What are you thinking? Who's going to win? Well, before I give my prediction, I want to say I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the fans from North Fort Myers who are sitting home want it to be. I think that they are really ticked off about last week's loss, and they want Miami Northwestern to stomp a mud hole in Naples. I don't think it's going to happen. What gave me pause about Miami Northwestern is that they only scored 19 points against Miami Central. Granted, two very good teams – that I guess have pretty good defenses. But to me, someone who's going to win this state semifinal game is going to score 30 points or more. And I think that Naples' defense, really, I think they've got to be licking their chops watching the film of Northwestern struggling to score against Miami Central because this is historically a great Naples defense, and I think they match up well against Northwestern. I tell you, the one thing, the biggest factor in my mind is just playing at home no matter who they're playing against. They've got a chance. Maybe not, you know, a great chance when you're playing an elite team, but I don't think there was any way Naples was going to go over to Traspal and win a game, no matter who they were playing. Just because it's a road trip, that's such an intimidating place to play, as much as Coach might not want to admit that, but I think it is. So playing at home, man, I mean, last time they were at home, they, they nearly did it in a state semifinal in 2012. Covering these teams, it's been 11 years for me. I covered that 07 a little bit. I was a a freelancer, so part-timer with the newspaper. So I only did a handful of games. Just being around this team for 10, 11 seasons, I kind of get a feel when one team's better than the other, when they have kind of something special. I didn't see it in 15 and 17. I kind of knew those teams were going to lose going over there, too. Uh, I knew they were the underdog and and didn't match up well. 2012, that's probably the best Naples team I've seen outside of that 07 team. And they nearly won at home. I mean, if Miami Central didn't have a NFL player on their roster, they wouldn't have won. I kind of get that vibe with this team. Like, as good as they are, as good as Ches Malusi is. I mean, Ches Malusi is one of the best running backs to ever play in Collier County. That's just a fact. I don't know, man. They've just got so many things going for them. They are the underdogs in this game. But, man, I think they kind of have that it factor. Man, you're starting to, I think you're. I feel like you're talking me into the Golden Eagles. I mean... That's a pretty compelling case for, for them. And a reminder, the winner of this game gets the winner of the other state semifinal between Crestview and Armwood, and they'll play next Saturday, Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Orlando. 3 o'clock. It's an interesting time for a game it is. when you think of newspaper deadlines. Yeah, it's nice. So I guess I have to make my pick here. Uh, you don't, there's no way I can talk you into picking first. I mean, I'll pick first if you guarantee me you'll, you'll pick opposite of me. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's the most important thing here. we got to have a winner. It sounds like we're going to be opposite here. I, I thought that maybe we were going to pick the same team and have to do a total points tiebreaker yeah. or something like that. That won't be the case. There will be a winner. I'm going to go with Miami, Miami Northwestern. I don't feel good about this pick, but I am going to go with recent history, Naples had to play Miami Central in 2015 at Traspal Stadium. Didn't work out too well for them. They played Northwestern last year at Traspal Stadium, and it didn't work out 42-7. to I think these Miami teams, they're just stacked all over the place, and I think that they'll be too much for Naples, but I think that this one comes down to the late minutes of the fourth quarter. I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I think these Miami teams are as stacked as you're going to see. However, I do not believe that this Northwestern team is as good as last year's Northwestern team, as the 2015 Miami Central team, or the 2012 Miami Central team. And I think this Naples team is better than the 2015 and 2017 teams. So I'm going to pick the Golden Eagles. 
I think they pull off the upset. I think it is a, a hotly contested game. I think we might see some scuffles. There's got to be flags. There's got to be chirping. There's got to be quote-unquote dirty plays. Uh, there's got to be helmets cracking together. I think it's going to be a, a 15 to 14 bloodbath, but I think the Naples Eagles are going to come out on top. And I hate that I let it come down to this one game that I'm just so not sure on. I, I couldn't hold my lead in the playoffs, and I feel like I'm being punished by picking a team that I'm just not confident but in. But listen, that just tells you how great this was. I mean, you took an early lead. I took a big lead in the middle of the season. You stormed back. I mean, how great is it that it comes down to this last game that it isn't like a some one of us has a 10-game lead? This just tells you how great both of us are at picking our respective counties' football games. Speak for yourself. I wanted to dominate you. I don't get dominated, man. I don't get got. I go get. Uh, game is the game. That's right. Hey, before we go... I would be remiss if I did not finally thank Miss Andrea Melendez, our fantastic producer. You've done so much for us this year. And also a big shout-out to Amanda Inscore, who has stepped in when Andrea has not been available. And we never, ever, ever thank you, Andrea. So thank you for all the hard work you do. And thank you to all of our listeners. It's been a fantastic season. We may or may not be back this week. If there's a football team playing, we will. But if not, I just want to thank you. This has been very fun. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Mr. Regan, any closing thoughts? No, I really uh, echo everything you said, including your high praise of Miss Andrea Melendez for making us sound so professional and great. I appreciate you doing this podcast with me. I think that Southwest Florida needed something like this. You know, high school football in Southwest Florida is big time. Yep. And we are big time ourselves. We'll be even bigger next season, maybe next week. So stick along with us. And if not, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.